The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. Custom software needs vary significantly, whether you're powering a medical device, overhauling your backend architecture, or reimagining your patient experience, MentorMate can help. Harnessing the technical excellence of Bulgaria, MentorMate provides end-to-end software services in all sectors of healthcare. With deep expertise in design, development, cloud, and software support, MentorMate helps healthcare clients administer world-class care through technology. Learn more at MentorMate.com. Welcome back for another episode of Medical Alley Association's At the Table podcast, where we explore how policy affects the healthcare community here in Minnesota's Medical Alley and beyond. I'm your host, Gabriella Spence, Federal Policy and Advocacy Manager here at the Medical Alley Association. Joining me is Congressman Dean Phillips, who represents Minnesota's 3rd Congressional District. His constituency is concentrated in the western suburbs from Rogers to Chaska, with the iconic Lake Minnetonka right in the middle. The congressman entered his second term this year sitting on a host of committees like the Committee on Small Business and the Committee on Foreign Affairs, while also serving as vice chair of the Problem Solvers Caucus. And I certainly cannot forget to mention what is possibly the greatest honor he's received so far. Medical Alley Association's 2021 Spirit of the Alley Award. Congressman, welcome. Lovely to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be with you, Gabriella. And I, 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 I wear that award on a, on a chain as often as I can. It's quite heavy. So forgive me. <laughs> I'm know. glad you got the chain. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's really how it's meant to be displayed. I'm excited to chat with you today, mostly focused on our startups, um, the business side, the ecosystem, Minnesota, and globally. Uh, but let's start with the very fun celebration we had last week uh, on Congressional Startup Day. You've been an advocate for the startup community long before you were even elected to Congress. So you leading this is such a natural fit. I'm wondering if maybe you can give our listeners just a bit of background on what Congressional Startup Day is and why it's important to you. So Congressional Startup Day in America, to me, first and foremost, Gabriella, should be in an age of such division and political discord, uh, should be the most unifying uh, of notions, uh, which is that America is at its best when we foster and cultivate and support uh, an ecosystem in which startups can not just survive, but thrive. And it's a simple notion. It was started in 2018 by Ingen. Uh, and the idea is to just strengthen the relationship between those who are setting the policy, the lawmakers, uh, and entrepreneurs who are the ones actually doing the heavy lifting uh, and risking capital and investing time uh, to pursue dreams and great ideas. And uh, we've established August 18th uh, as Congressional Startup Day this year. Uh, we had events from the 16th to the 20th. Uh, my associate and friend, Representative Young Kim, a Republican from California, uh, was my co-chair for Congressional Startup Day this year. She's a fellow member of the House Small Business Committee. Uh, and uh, it's great to work together, Democrats and Republicans, uh, doing what we should be doing, which is encouraging, promoting, uh, and, and supporting uh, entrepreneurs, innovators, uh, and great small businesses across the country. I love that. I love so much about that. We don't have time to break that all down because this could easily become an hour-long podcast. So uh, I'm going to focus my question a little bit more on the 
um, individual side. As you know so well, and yet another reason why you uh, helping to lead this Congressional Startup Day is such a great fit, uh, because we have such a budding startup ecosystem here in Medical Alley, Um, so much so that our association launched our Medical Alley Starts initiative to help fund and scale startups faster, providing a lot of those resources and helping them avoid pitfalls that their peers and predecessors have hit before. We often hear from our early stage members that access to capital is a continued hurdle for them. But this is especially so for women and people of color. I'm wondering, uh, what do you see as Congress's role in equitably increasing access to capital? I think Congress can play a very substantial uh, and supportive and accretive role uh, in ensuring we have policies in place that encourage provision of capital to a much wider swath of startups. Uh, Most listeners will know that Uh, An extraordinarily disproportionate amount of startup capital flows to uh, both coasts and just a handful of uh, metropolitan areas in which uh, startups are so concentrated. And that means our area, the heartland, uh, is often uh, overlooked, uh, denied that access, and particularly uh, minority-owned firms, women-owned firms, veteran-owned firms who have the same potential, the same great ideas, uh, the same drive. Uh, but lack the fuel uh, to power that engine, and that is investment capital. Uh, I'm told that about 83% or so of startups do not use outside capital uh, to initiate their businesses, which indicates to me that it remains the domain uh, of the advantaged. And I think Congress can play, uh, to your question about equity, Congress can and must play a role uh, to broaden the reach of capital. And I think the best way to do that is via incentives, not necessarily mandates, uh, to utilize our extraordinary banking system, particularly community banks, uh, connect uh, venture capitalists to potentially public dollars, which is what my new Business Preservation Act does, creates essentially state uh, authorized and managed funds uh, that deploy public capital with private capital uh, to invest in promising businesses and use the proceeds uh, from the successes uh, to become a perpetual program. And that's the role that Congress should play. And that is not, again, that's not a Democratic perspective or Republican perspective. There are great ideas in every nook and cranny of this country. And if we really want to be the best we can be, that means uh, spreading it out. My grandfather, great-grandfather, Jay Phillips, used to tell me that money is like manure. If it stacks up, it stinks. And if you spread it out, it fertilizes. And that's the role that I think Congress can and should play to ensure that it is spread out. I'm trying really hard not to laugh loudly because we're supposed to be measured recording a podcast. That's a delightful story and a great analogy. Um, thank you. That's just delightful. Yeah, um, hey, go ahead. It's, it'd you be threw me, you threw me off on that. That was so good. <laughs> I was I was already going to tee up asking about the new Business Preservation Act. You hit on that. And then you threw me a curveball with the manure story. And I love it. Thank you. I'm hey, glad every podcast could use a nice, good guttural laugh. So go for it. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Um, I, I, yeah, again, I'm glad you brought up the New Business Preservation Act. I was going to highlight that if you didn't, but I trusted you to do so and you uh, knocked it out of the park. Um, so we zoomed in and we talked about the individual and how Congress can increase access to capital. I'm going to zoom out now 
Medical Alley is the global epicenter of health innovation and care. We're seeing a large number of, I should say, we're seeing an increasing number of international companies of all sizes, but especially startups who are planting roots here. I love this for a lot of reasons, one of which is it seems like our reputation of being a snowy tundra is either being shaken or people are a little less deterred by it. Either way, I will take it. Uh, But I'd love to hear your thoughts on what leaders in Washington can do to incentivize this trend. Well, first and foremost, uh, I think history shows that some of the greatest innovations of the 20th century and even prior uh, came from the northern climate. So let's not sell ourselves uh, too short. Yes, and, so true. And Congress can, uh, local government, state government can, the private sector, NGOs can, everybody can play a role in making, in this case, the Twin Cities uh, uh, the most compelling place to do business in the entire world. Uh, the same great grandfather that told the story about manure also said, that uh, the price of something is only one component of its value. And oftentimes, of course, we look at a a, a municipality or states uh, or countries, a tax code to make decisions. Oftentimes not giving enough attention to the labor market. Are people well-educated? Is there a labor, labor pool with the talent and skills and capabilities that my enterprise might need, especially in high tech businesses and medical device businesses, pharmaceutical businesses that require well-educated, well-trained uh, engineers uh, and researchers and the like. Yeah, so that so when I think about this, I think about an ecosystem. Uh, there's no single lever that must be pulled. It's education. It's uh, physical infrastructure. Uh, it's labor development. It's investments in community so that we can also attract the best and brightest from around the country, from around the world, and encourage them to make Uh, Medical Alley, the Twin Cities, uh, their home, Uh, because work is a big part of a life, but so is family and friends and recreation. And uh, the Twin Cities has a lot to offer, but those require investments. So I like to look at this holistically, uh, not unilaterally, but collaboratively. And a lot of the time I spend back home in the district, Gabriella, uh, is at the very enterprises about which we're talking. And I have to tell you, just in the last two weeks, the businesses I have toured in the third district, just in my district, alone have wowed me, uh, thrilled me, energized me, uh, and really helped me connect the dots that we so often talk about at conference tables. Uh, But to see it really happening, uh, some of the most innovative devices, cost-saving devices, life-saving devices, you know, growing human organs, uh, you know, recovered from pigs and transplanting them potentially into human beings, uh, you know, new ways to implant tubes in kids' ears, some fascinating opportunities that only result from this collaboration uh, and this holistic approach to policymaking. And I, I would argue that there's another component that we should be talking a lot more about right now, and that's immigration, uh, considering how every business I toured in the last couple of weeks and before is facing a labor crunch. Tens of positions open, hundreds of positions opened, good paying jobs, you know, we have got to improve our system of immigration so that we can attract uh, those seeking great opportunity from around the world. And I think businesses that are part of Medical Alley recognize that more than ever. And this is an opportunity for all of us, no matter your politics, uh, to come together uh, in that same spirit and encourage some modifications, enhancements and reforms to an immigration system that, in my estimation, is not serving 
the needs of the medical alley community in the way that I think it could, uh, the thing, uh, the way it should, and of course, the way it must. Your answer, I think, really beautifully encapsulates how much value you find in seeking out your constituents for guidance and feedback. That's something my colleagues and I at Medical Alley Association really appreciate about you, as well as our members, many of whom are in your district. So it's a perfect two birds, one stone. In the spirit of that open communication, I'd love to hear from you. How can our association and our members further support you and the work you're doing in Congress? So, Gabriella, the the best support that listeners to this podcast and members of Medical Alley and friends and family can do is is do what every one of us around the country has to do, which is uh, have conversations, uh, get to know each other, uh, find common ground, uh, and from that, uh, support the common purpose and. That's why I so often say I don't care about your politics. Uh, you know, I love you all. Uh, I learn from you all. I, I learn from those who see things differently, even more from those who see things the same. Uh, the talent, the abundance of talent and ideas just in the medical alley community uh, is an extraordinary, perhaps the single greatest resource available to me as a lawmaker, uh, to our Congress collectively, and to our country. Uh, so I encourage everybody uh, to share your ideas with me as it relates to uh, startup policy, entrepreneurship, capital provision, tax policy, how we treat research and development in our tax code, uh, immigration, uh, infrastructure investments, healthcare. Uh, would I, well, I should rephrase that, our sick care system. How do we migrate to a healthcare system? Uh, the ideas are there. Uh, the entrepreneurs are there. Uh, the debaters and deliberators are there. We simply need to connect one another. And I would argue that uh, the talent that's probably listening to this podcast right now um, has that ability to fundamentally change the direction of our country and uh, provide a more hopeful future, not just for the enterprises uh, of which, which we're talking about, uh, but for the whole country and the whole world. So keep the faith and keep in touch and keep your ideas coming to me because I'm all ears. We really appreciate your accessibility, your willingness to listen, and your amazing staff. Uh, As a former Hill staffer, I always try and make sure to give um, current Hill staffers a good shout out. You have compiled a really beautiful team of people who truly care about the work that they do and the constituents they serve. Final thoughts. That was a beautiful last question answer. I almost don't want to ask, but is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know? Uh, What I I want everybody to know is that despite what you may be seeing on television screens and reading in journals and Twitter and uh, and the like, uh, and no matter what you might be sensing or fearing, uh, there are a lot of good people in this country, a lot of good people in Congress, a lot of extraordinarily talented and dedicated public servants, uh, many of them whose names you'll never know and work uh, you'll never see. uh, But We are a remarkable country, a mosaic uh, of everybody, race, religion, background, geography, politics. And is it messy sometimes? Yes, it is. Uh, But if you can find ways to to see the silver linings, to find common ground, uh, and to recognize that in a way it's what our founders intended, uh, to make change difficult, uh, to make it messy sometimes, uh, that was part of their intent. And uh, sometimes we suffer from that. But at the end of the day, uh, it has what May, it's what made this country so great. It's what continues to make it so. And now it's up to all of us, uh, no matter our roles or responsibilities, uh, our positions or our geographies, to, uh, to come together. And uh, all is not lost. 
there's a lot to be excited about, a lot to be optimistic about. Uh, and with that, share your ideas so we can uh, help get there more expeditiously, uh, more healthy, and more inspired. An uplifting message to conclude a um, really, really wonderful podcast recording with you, sir. Thank you for uh, this time with us today, Congressman Phillips. Thank you for your work in Congress and clearing the way for innovation and access to care. Uh, always such a pleasure spending time with you. Thank you, Gabriella, and to everybody at Medical Alley. And a special thank you to you, our listeners. Your continued support allows us to bring you amazing conversations like this one. So if you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing to the Medical Alley podcast and giving us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time on At The Table. Mm -hmm.